0: Welcome to It Just Makes Sense,
1: a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated, former lovers
0: that explores all of the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, it "It just makes makes sense. sense. I'm Sam Smith.
1: And I'm Jeff Seifert.
0: And this week, I'm covering another episode featured on Netflix entitled Making Memory. Again, I don't want to disclose the series' name.
1: Oh, gives it away.
0: So we're off to Richmond, Virginia in the early 1980s. Safety was being a huge issue around this time. And they started teaching kids throughout their high school. Listen, if you're attacked or assaulted, you have to try to remember your attacker's face. Memorize every detail so you can report this to the police. It was like a big... Like safety tactic they were trying to enforce throughout that time. in 1982 and in '83, there were spikes in violent crimes throughout the city. During 1983 and 1984, the murder and rape raised by 22 percent.
1: Whoa Isn't that
0: crazy in one year. A 38 increase in rape and an 11 percent increase in assault. So the neighborhoods and the neighbors were terrified for going out at night. And that's when we meet Janet. She had just finished up her associate's degree and was working in a childcare program when on January third, 1984, her entire world would start to crumble. It was the first date back from winter break, and she was leaving her home where she lived with her parents and driving into work around 6 am She parked in the back parking lot behind the church and entered in through a back door. She turned on the lights and went into the office, and that's when she noticed there was no on her desk. <gasps> It said, sorry, I'll be late, Stacy, which is one of her fellow coworkers. Okay. And then she heard a sound. So she walked into the hallway to see what was going on, and she saw a black male walking down the hall towards her with a knife in his hand. <sighs> she thought right away that she was being robbed, but as he got closer, he put the knife to her throat. He disrobed her, and he began to sexually assault her. Jesus.
1: Jesus.
0: As this was happening to her, she was just trying to get all the information about this attack that she could. He was wearing jeans and a bulky coat. He had a ski mask on, but it was open-faced. So
1: what was the like, point why wear it? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she
0: could see his entire face, but she couldn't see his hairline. Like what is the face of point of wearing that?
1: That's very strange.
0: Yeah. She even looked to see where he fell within the door frame so she could see how tall he was.
1: Wow, that was some smooth. Right? Detective. She work. tried to
0: memorize his entire face and she could confidently say she would be able to identify him at a later time. We then meet a detective on the case. He said that his former supervisor was the lead investigator on this assault against Janet because now we're in like present day. Okay. This was in 1984. We come to find out that there was a pattern of five separate crimes that happened between January 3rd, 1984 and February 1st, 1984. They all took place a mile apart. First was the rape of Janet, then came an oral sodomy of a victim named Amy in a parking lot on January 21st. After on <gasps> January 22nd- That there was my was... birthday. Oh my
1: God. But it was before I was born. You said 84, right?
0: Poor Amy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, after on January 22nd, there was an attempted abduction of a victim named Susan. And on January 30th after was the rape of a victim named Beth. And then on February 1st, there was an attack on a woman named Kelly. The attacker in every case was an African-American male. The women were all white. He would use a knife. They were all early in the morning or in the early evenings right after work. So when they said that, I was like, okay, so both random times. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't, it, wasn't it didn't like, seem
1: very consistent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: When he approached the woman, he would always talk to them. He would say, don't scream. I'll use this knife if I have to. And the police didn't have much to go on. And they could tell that the violence was escalating. So there was a ton of pressure on the police to find this man. So think about it. We're talking about Richmond, Virginia, a city with five Confederate statues and a short vicinity of each other. Mm. This was more than just find a serial rapist. This was find the black man who was raping many, many white women. Mm. The community was hysterical. Really? Janet had been receiving phone calls at her job stating that other women had been attacked and that they were happy that Janet was working with the police so she knew she had to keep going in order to stop this man from hurting anyone wait, else
1: wait how did they find her in her job
0: like this guy
1: no, like people that were calling her.
0: Oh, I have no idea.
1: That seems strange, don't yeah. you think?
0: I don't know if maybe she went on the news. Like, she was very vocal about what happened. Oh, okay. And, like, like,
1: I knew that it, it wasn't until, like, I don't know, within the last 10 years that they right. can, that they right. started withholding the name yeah. of the victims.
0: Or if it was, I mean, Richmond, Virginia is pretty big. It's not like it's a small town either. Yeah. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. Janet would get memory flashes. If she smelled something, it may trigger her. She would wake up from dreams with flashes of memories. She was terrified all the time. So now it's February 6, 1984, one month after her attack. The police called Janet and told her that they had a suspect in custody and they wanted to show her some pictures. So she told the police to come right over so she could look through the photos. Right away, she knew who it was. She was 100% sure That the man that she saw in one of the photos had attacked her. But she was terrified because he had threatened her and her family. But she knew it was him and certain of it. So she told the police and pointed to a picture of Thomas Hainsworth. Who was Thomas? Tell me. Thomas grew up with his mother, father, three sisters, and a brother. He was just like any other ordinary kid. He loved hanging out with his friends, recording songs off the radio, and hanging out with his dog, for those who don't know.
1: What a radio is. Right? I was
0: going to say, recording (laughs) songs off the radio. Remember when you would be, like, listening all afternoon and, like, ready to hit, like, record the minute the song came on? The
1: kiss 10 at 10? Yes. I'd be waiting, and you'd be so mad if you went on just a little too far and you didn't stop it quick enough. Ugh. Those are the days
0: Or when you would like Record stuff off of like The TV TRL
1: mm-hmm. Oh TRL
0: Total Recast Live
1: Like did you ever call Into KISS 98.5 And try to get a shout out on that was so cool. Um, no,
0: but one time I called in and won free tickets to see Carrie Underwood, and then I called you screaming that we won, and you hung up on me. And you're like, I- "It's seven a.m. I don't give a shit." <laughs> yeah, I remember that.
1: A, I was probably hung over. B, it was seven a.m. <laughs> and C, I was really excited once I woke up.
0: Like literally, you were just dead silent, and then you just go, "Cool," and hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, "I just won." <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> oh cool. my. I hate you. <laughs> so anyways, Thomas didn't venture too far out from his house after school. He was an eighteen year old blackhead in Richmond, Virginia, who had never been arrested before a day in his life. He was on his way to the store to buy sweet potatoes for his mom when Susan The third person who was attacked throughout like this series of attacks saw him and called the police to report that he looked just like the man who had attacked Mm. her. The police stopped him on the way to the store and told him that there was a house broken into down the street and that there was reports that the person who did it looked like him. So they asked him if he could please stay there and wait until they could get the victim. Okay, if I were him, like he must have been so scared. But I would have been like, "You want to know I can't do that. Have a great day." But I also feel like that's my privilege. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, well, you're going to
1: tell him that you can't do it. Like, they, yeah. Don't like, you think they I would have like, forced him to?
0: Probably. Yeah. Thomas said, sure, I don't mind. But the time by the time the police got back, he was surrounded by 10 police cars. They had brought Susan over to him. And Thomas says that he remembers the police asking her if she recognized him. And the first time she didn't seem very sure. They brought Susan over to him. And Thomas says he remembers the police asking if she recognized him. And the first time she didn't seem very sure. Sure. They asked again, and she again hesitated, and she said, I'm unsure, but then they asked her a third time. She threw her hands up in the air and said, okay, that's him, and they arrested him.
1: I'm sorry. There's a reasonable doubt if I ever heard about it.
0: So now we start to get information from specialists within neuroscience, and they're explaining how perception through vision is made and how context of the perception plays a lot into how people perceive images. For example, if you were to take just a cluster of dots, and like more and more and more dots are being added to the photo, and you're just seeing a cluster forming, if you were told to look for specific items within the picture, you'd see that and not just like scrambled dots. But if you were never told what items were in it, you
1: never would you even would, see it. You would
0: never be able to see it. That right? makes sense, right? Because
1: it's kind of the power of suggestion. Yeah, yeah, I get it.
0: So once you have that perception in your mind, it's very hard to change or unsee that perception even if it's what's being told you is not true. Oh,
1: definitely. Right. That happens like all the time. Yes. You're like, I can't unsee that now. Right. Yeah, for sure.
0: What's crazy is that's especially true when linking a face to an event. Faces are processed differently than other objects. Really? So instead of processing each thing separately like eyes, nose, and mouth, we process it all together. So even when you get a good look at a person, it doesn't mean you'll be able to identify them, but there's a lot of pressure on people to do so. Huh. So now we meet the investigative reporter who is diving into like all of these serial rapes and attacks that were happening in the area, and they were trying to find out like what really was going on. At this point, the remaining women were also being shown the lineup of photos and picking out Thomas from the piles. As far as the sexual investigation went in 1984, these cases were before DNA evidence. And so the majority of these cases relied on eyewitness statements and from blood typing. But with blood typing, you can have a large amount of people testing for the same type of blood. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, someone with type A blood. Oh,
1: uh, so there's
0: thousands of people with type A. Blood. I got it. Like, I didn't you know understand what, I mean? what
1: you were saying at first, but yeah, yeah just the type, just not the, type the DNA. Of blood. Got it. Oh yeah.
0: Because of these eyewitnesses, Thomas was indicted on all of the charges. Really? We have women that believe Thomas Hanris is absolutely certain that they that he had done it, and if they could prove it, he would be in jail for the rest of his life. So Janet met with her attorney, and they wanted Janet to testify first since her eyewitness identification was so concrete. So on July 12, 1984, five months after Thomas's arrest, Janet goes into trial to testify. As soon as she saw Thomas in the courtroom, she began to fall apart. Thomas looked like a deer in headlights, completely lost. Thomas was appointed a defense attorney, and he had no idea about Thomas until he showed up in court and got the indictment. But right away, his lawyer was like, this is a case of mistaken identity. This woman did not pick out the right man. Okay. Thomas's family testified on his behalf. He had an alibi. He was home the morning of Janet's attack. He woke up around 10 a.m., and he remembered that day. And his mom remembered that day because they were taking down the Christmas tree. But since his mom is the only alibi...
1: Well good her.
0: it isn't great when his mom when your mom's yeah. an alibi. Janet had to be specific in court on what Thomas did, and she wasn't sure that she could do it, but she knew she had to for the sake of the other woman. She tried the be- her best to relive the experience all over again for the jury. Which, like, I mean, on a side note, good kudos like to women who can do that that's seriously so crazy.
1: like the worst day of your life and you have right. to live it in front of people yeah
0: she remembers them asking her if the person who attacked her was in the courtroom and that's when she said absolutely 100 percent sure that it was thomas and pointed to him it's like so dramatic when people do that in movies right like, do you see the man in the courtroom They're sitting right there and that's like exactly what she did right mm-hmm. and thomas was kind of like mm, what the fuck And the prosecutor said, are you sure this is the man who raped you? How are you so sure? Janet looked him dead in the eye across the courtroom and said, he has a face I'll never forget. The police were all a little shocked because Thomas wasn't on the list of like their normal troublemakers or someone that they had on their radar. Yeah. They actually remember him being a good kid. So this was a huge shock through the entire neighborhood. But the victims are saying it's him. So... Like, what do you do? Who do you believe? Right. The jury was in deliberation for four hours before they came back with a verdict guilty, guilty of raping 21 year old Janet. He still faces charges in the other attacks and he couldn't believe it. Even though he was found guilty of this, he still had hope that he wouldn't be convicted of the other charges because they had no evidence that he was ever present in any of these crime scenes. Susan, the woman who had seen Thomas walking to the store and calling the police, her case never even went to trial. Okay. Thomas was acquitted of Amy's case, even though they didn't have enough information on that case to charge him. But if you think about it, like if he's already convicted of one rape, it's just easier for a jury to also say if he did it in one, he must have done it in all.
1: Well, could they do that? Could they introduce? I don't know how, because it's in the 80s. I don't know what the law was like then, but like can they introduce that
0: i don't know if they did but like on each trial each woman testified went up and said yes that's the man who raped yeah but me. i did I pointed but it but
1: i was wondering if yeah. they could introduce the fact that he was convicted of another rape other rapes. yeah I they didn't know. talk about it
0: they didn't talk about it um so it was eight months of pure hell eight months of trial after trial and he was found guilty of each charge. Jeez. On October eleventh, nineteen 1984, it's eight months after Thomas's arrest, and he was convicted for three rapes and sentenced to a total of 74 years. The community itself was elated. A serial rapist went off the street and put behind bars. But Thomas was 18 years old. He was sent to prison, and his entire character was destroyed as he was labeled a rapist. And he said his life was horrible in prison. People had the motion of what happened to him should be done to him, if you get my drift. Mm. Like, he didn't really say much. That's, like, all he said. But you could tell, like...
1: He was assaulted. Yeah.
0: That's, like, what he implied. But then he said he started to even question himself. Did I do something that I don't remember? Was I sleepwalking? Like, was it something that I can't recall? Are they right? How do these women remember my face if I didn't do it? And Janet was being praised and giving accolades for stepping forward, for doing the right thing, and for making a difference. But here's the thing. What? After Thomas was arrested, there was another series of rapes.
1: Of course, there was, because he didn't do it.
0: And the man who did it was telling his victims that he goes by the name Black Ninja because he never gets caught. Mm. And it took over, like, it took off all over the media. And of course, the police think it's a copycat. Right. The Black Ninja would often strike in the morning, targeting white women using a knife.
1: Because he can't they can't be wrong.
0: Right. It was so similar to the first cases, but the motion of the police were, this is another black male targeting white women rather than we got this wrong the first time. And Thomas started questioning the police. Like he asked them while he was in jail, like how can there be someone else out there committing this crime if I'm still here? He even gave them a person of interest to look into. He did? He said, you have to look into my neighbor, Leon Davis. Why
1: did he think that?
0: Because on January 3rd, great question. Before he was locked up, Thomas was at his niece's birthday party and he went outside at some point to like get some air and his neighbor, Leon, was limping by. He asked him what had happened and Leon said that he had gotten chased by some white boys because he was messing with a white girl and he had fallen and gotten hurt, but he had gotten away. One of the victims who had testified in Thomas's case said that exact thing that the man who had attacked her had gotten chased, fell, but got away. Hmm. And it hmm. was around the exact same time of these attacks. So Thomas put two and two together, but he was already in pri- prison, and the cops pretty much ignored him.
1: Bastards.
0: On December 15th, 1984, 10 months after Thomas's arrest, a couple saw an individual walking behind a woman and they just felt like something was off. Okay. So they called the police and that led to Leon Davis and he was convicted of rape, robbery and malicious wounding. He was sentenced to four life terms plus 100 years in prison and his picture was run throughout the media. And that's how Janet saw his photo after he had been caught. But when she saw it, she didn't even consider it. it may have been the same man who attacked her. She just figured it was another individual who had done this. Thomas was trying to file appeals, but they just kept getting denied. He's now been in prison for nine years. It's April 13th, 1993. At his parole hearings, Thomas would just always say, I've been falsely accused. I didn't do it. And usually that doesn't that doesn't so help. well yeah. in the paroles. So they just kept him behind bars. 12, 13 years, time just kept going on and on. On February 10th, 2000, 16 years after his arrest, a bill is passed that would allow DNA testing to be brought up in any case that inmates believe could prove their innocence. So this is how this all kind of came into being. There was previously another case similar to Thomas's, where the Innocence Project kept asking for the DNA in the case to be tested, but the state kept saying that the DNA had been lost or damaged. So they asked for the lab technician's notebooks from the archives. They're like, okay, if we if you don't have the samples, we at least want to see the like if they ran tests, if there's any notes on it in the archives, we want to see it. Okay. So they asked for the notebooks. And they come to find out that this lab technician who was like a lab technician for like 40 years. She was known for being a pack rat and had scotch taped all DNA evidence from every case that she was ever told to destroy or not keep track of in case it was ever needed.
1: <gasps> what?
0: So officials were like, that's it, test it all. Isn't that wild? wild. So they wild. said go through every single one of her books and test all of this DNA. That was like one of the bills from this 2000 case.
1: Wow.
0: So on December 14th, 2005, so it took some time, this is five years later, an audit of these notebooks started started, and they started testing the DNA to see if justice was really done. Thomas knew that his case fell into that bracket. So he started writing letters to anyone who might be able to help him. He just felt like he had to try. Like everyone that he was in prison with was like, why? Like it's give dead, it up, yeah, 20 years, like give it up. But he was like, I'll never stop. So finally, on January seventeenth, two 2009, 19 years after his arrest, they find DNA in one of his cases that is up for testing. So he wrote to the Innocence Project because he knew like even if it got tested, he needed to be able to have someone help him appeal. He got back um, his DNA and it showed he did not commit the crime. Mm. And he was like, finally, praise God. So the detectives begin to look further into this, and they go to question Janet and tell her how the DNA got tested in her case, and it was her DNA kit that was tested, and that it was not Thomas Hainsworth. Could you imagine?
1: It's wild.
0: She just sat there thinking, like, what do you mean? Like, she truly thought that she had had the right person.
1: Well, I mean, could she be that shocked when she said like she didn't remember. I mean, I maybe mean she didn't remember, but she said that she didn't know that it was him at the beginning. What first, do you mean? didn't you say she was the one that when she was first act that she wasn't, she no. wasn't sure
0: Mm-mm. that was a different woman. Oh. So like this w- woman was it Anne or?
1: Because there was one woman that
0: it was the third woman that was attacked. She saw him on the street walking to the store when he went to go get sweet potatoes, and she's the one who called the police to say he's been like that's the man that attacked me Mm -hmm. so they brought her to him that day and said like are you sure this is the man and she's like she's one that's like i'm not sure is it sure then they went to janet and said we have someone in custody look at these photos and she picked him out of the photo oh okay yes so um so she's just sat there kind of thinking like what do you mean the DNA, guess who the DNA did match? Leon. Leon Davis.
1: Of course it did.
0: So she started to read the other cases that of Leon Davis's, and the stories just started to line up. And then she got mad. Why hadn't the police noticed this? So in Janet's case, she had picked Thomas out from an array of photos. But what we find out now, this is the third array of photos that she was presented with. <sighs> But in the first two, she was just told, look through the photos and see if like you see anyone that could have attacked you. But in the third one, she's told the police have your suspect in custody and he is in this group.
1: Uh, so now in her mind, she, she knows that like, the one. guy
0: who's in there did it. Right. And it's her job to pick him out. So now, how wild is this? They start to talk about the research start to talk the, the researchers on this show they start to dive into the research of eyewitness testimony and cross racial recognition and they say that research proves that it's harder to distinguish differences in different races in your brain of like
1: so white people black people black people white people, just yes. outside of your own race
0: correct and it has nothing to do with racism or prejudice but instead it's just the way that the brain automatically processes people from other groups Hmm. you automatically start to look for like similarities instead of like you instead of differences. And it's so crazy because they held up two photos of Leon of they sell up a photo of Leon Davis and a photo of Thomas Hainsworth. And yes, do they look similar? Yes, I would say yes. Right. And people were they asked different races of people and everyone in the white people were like, I mean, they look similar. Their skin color is the same tone. Their noses look alike. Like they they look very much alike. And then people uh, that were black were like, their skin tones not even the same resemblance. Like their noses don't even match. Like I would never say these two people look anything alike. Like it's kind of crazy. Really? Wow. Yeah. And so it was kind of like interesting to see all that. I'm like, huh. But at the same time, terrifying.
1: Yeah. Very. Like, you know what I mean? Very. Yeah.
0: I'm like, what? So here's the thing. There was two cases without DNA evidence in Thomas's case. Woof. So his defense had to build a case against Leon Davis to prove that these crimes were all done by the same person, which was not Thomas. They also tried, which is crazy. So the Innocence Project took on Thomas's case. The first thing they tried to do was to try to get the DA actually on their side. So they tried to get the defense attorney to like want to reopen the case and to be more on Thomas's side and get Leon behind bars. At first, they thought that it would never work. The attorney general at the time was running with the Tea Party and was one of the most conservative attorney generals in U.S. history. But his team had told him that they thought that they that Thomas was the wrong guy and he responded well to his team's pitch. And so he was on the side of reopening this case. They looked at everything and all the crimes just were just so similar to Leon's that there was no way to not question this conviction. Hmm. At this point, Thomas had been in jail for 28 years. Fuck. And this is wild. Like The attorney general sided with them, but there was no scientific, scientific evidence to back it up. Which at the time, like, that's insane. It had never been done before for an attorney general to be on the side of the defense. Really? They had to now prove this to the judge and that Thomas should be exonerated and that he did not do it. So they worked for months building up Thomas's case. They were able to find Amy's case, which is the one that had never gone to court. Okay. He was acquitted of it in the trial. But in the case files, this pack rat of a woman.
1: She had it.
0: Because the victim was orally sodomized, and then she spit it out on the sidewalk. And that swab was in the files. So they tested that for DNA. And guess who it came back to? Leon. Leon Davis.
1: Wow.
0: So now this is two prosecutions that were Leon Davis's and not Thomas's. Also, all the victims, which okay, this is also crazy to me. All the victims said that the attacker was f- between five nine and five ten. Thomas was five six, huh. and Leon was five ten. Like my thing was, as if like Jana had said that she specifically looked at like door frame to figure out the height of the attacker and everything. Yeah. And wa-
1: how did you pick him then? Right. Yeah. And
0: the photos never showed their height, which like now I think they have to. Like yeah. they stand against like a well, thing. Well, I
1: mean, I think it's probably it's hard, hard photos, to determine. Right. Like. And plus, eyewitness testimony is yeah. very reliable as we've learned as right. we've gone through the ages. But I feel like in a traumatic ex- experience, can you really right. justify or see how high somebody is? Like, I know. Maybe? Also, but, I'm
0: horrible at height. Oh, horrible. me too. Me too. Me too. I'll tell you why I think so. Okay. In chit chat. All right. But anyhow, so they suggested, okay, another thing the defense attorneys do, they suggest that Thomas submit to a polygraph, which like,
1: I roll. I roll. Back in the 80s. But they didn't know
0: do? back then. Well, now it's 2000 whatever. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're it's right. not junk science, but whatever. So he passes it, which like, good for him. Right. And they claim it shows that he's not the guy, but it's like that. So anyways, 10- Appellate judges would decide Thomas's case for exoneration. At least six of them would have to be convinced to let him go free. The trial begins and the defense just puts it all out there, lays out all the evidence, everything that we've talked about so far. And then the judges kind of went off on their own tangents. Okay. As far as they were concerned, the two women hadn't recanted their identification. End of argument. And they were all over the defense. They kept like badgering them with questions. Like, what does this prove? Have the woman like said that it was misidentification? We need more evidence. Like, I'm sorry. I think the DNA doesn't lie. But, Seriously. Okay. Whatever.
1: DNA, you fox.
0: So finally, after weeks of waiting to get the court's opinion,
1: they didn't overturn it.
0: He was acquitted. Oh. Phew. And at last you declared me an innocent shock. man. March twenty seventh, two thousand eleven. Twenty seven years after his Ugh, arrest, he's released.
1: Forty five. Ugh.
0: Janet and Thomas now go around speaking together on the issues of eye character witnesses and the dangers of it.
1: Really? How
0: wild is that?
1: It is wild.
0: Could you? I don't know if I could forgive her. I, could. I mean, I get it. After twenty seven years in prison. Yeah. You know how I get.
1: I know you couldn't. Do I could it. never. I could. He was like, I mean,
0: I'm not over a traumatic not, event. Listen, I'm not over Teresa Guidice going to jail because of Joe and her mother dying while she's in prison. I'll never forgive him, and that's from Real Housewives. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's funny. Ugh. Ugh.
0: So mistaken eyewitness identifications are the leading cause of wrongful convictions proven by DNA evidence. To date, 700 people have been exonerated in cases of mistaken identification. Wow. Isn't that crazy?
1: I feel like it should be higher. I know. 700? Is that what you said?
0: Exonerated, though? It's hard to get exonerated. Oh, I know. They might have been, like maybe it would have been overturned, but I don't think exonerated. Oh you know, where it's wiped mm. completely off. Like some people just get out and never get exonerated. Yeah. Like the, um, what's that one, the three boys that were the Paradise Lost Boys, Paradise Trilogy or whatever. The three boys that were convicted of rape, of raping and killing those two boys and they were left out of jail after like 30 something years. It took another like 10 to get exonerated mm. where it was wiped completely off. Oh, I didn't know it. Yeah. Paradise Lost, it's like a, Big documentary. Any who'sies. Any who's. How crazy is that story? That was wild. So that was from The Innocence Files.
1: Oh, another one. Look at you. I love them. They're so good. good. It is good.
0: I know. All right, guys. Let us know what you think.
1: Slide into the DMs.
0: Let us know what you think about mistaking eyewitness. Because it's like at the same time. Okay. Yes. Eyewitness testimony is unreliable. However, like if I was ever part of a crime and I knew like... It was this person. I saw them do it. I feel like that's compelling. How do who? How do you believe it? How do you don't? You know what I mean?
1: I don't think I would trust you.
0: But what if Your it,
1: eyewitness testimony. But what
0: if it was someone we knew? Like I well, that's knew different. that's different. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's true. I would be a completely unreliable.
1: You'd be sleepy.
0: Character if I didn't know them.
1: Right. Yeah. Your attention to detail is not great in that respect.
0: In any respect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends, slide into our DMs. Let you know what we think. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe.
1: Tweet me, text me, call me.
0: Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. You can follow us on Instagram at Just Makes Sense Podcast. You can follow me at uh, uh, Sam Smith says.
1: You can tweet me at Jeff Seif. I don't know for how much we're longer because I'm not paying for it. So you we're- don't know what. I said I don't know for how much longer because I'm not paying for Elon Musk. You have to pay
0: for Twitter now? I think so. Okay, no one's even on Twitter. I don't know why you're on it.
1: It's, uh, that's where I get my news from. Thank you.
0: I get mine from TikTok, so. Uh. <laughs> Bye. Bye.